You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. As many of you who are avid listeners of the Big Design Podcast know, I'm a little bit messy. Sometimes I'm a lot of bit messy. And so I am always very curious to talk to people who aren't. Today we are talking to Anna Bauer, who some of you might remember from one of our first episodes. She owns Sorted by Anna, and she is a professional organizer, and I am so happy to have her here. I'm Betsy Helmuth. This is Big Design Small Budget, and welcome, Anna. Hi. Hi. It's nice to be back. It's great to have you, and thank you so much for coming all the way out to our wonderful office here in Westchester. This office is adorable, and I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, let's dive right in because as somebody who now lives in a big house, my little apartment no longer gets messy. My big house gets a little bit messy. <laughs> so just because you get more room does not mean you get more organized. Let's talk about it. Great. You know, I think it's funny that you just mentioned that because I feel like so many people who have homes, or larger homes coming from apartments or smaller spaces think, I have all this space, I should fill it. Um, and I would strongly urge against that uh, feeling because, you know, not every space needs to be filled. That's how you get clutter. That's how you end up with things that you don't ever use, junk drawers, etc. Yes. I intentionally left some closets empty. I have a basement that has really nothing in it because I know I will grow to fit that space in time. And it hasn't taken long. Those closets <laughs> are filling rapidly. But I want to ask you, as someone who's a little bit messy, when you go into a space has there ever been a space that you've walked into and just said, this person is beyond hope, I don't know where to start? Um, no, not at all. I think I have walked into spaces and just become very excited because we get to kind of tackle all of these things, all of these items uh, that have been holding them back. And I don't, I don't think there's anyone who's too far off the, the cliff where I can't help them. Uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of always having a game plan and having a strategy and approaching it uh, with that in mind versus just diving in because at that point it be can become extremely overwhelming for someone. So when you're creating that specific strategy for that person, where do you start? Each of my clients before we start, we discuss where they want to see the biggest impact first. So if there is, you know, if there are a few rooms in your home where you have clutter or disorganization, um, we talk about where you want to see results the fastest. So that could be your children's playroom, that could be the master bedroom closet, it could be the kitchen or the entryway, and we focus there first and then kind of fan out to any other rooms uh, that need help. Speaking of entryway, that is the main thing I always focus on with my clients. I say you need an entry solution right away. And I think the reason I emphasize it so much with my clients is because my own is rather chaotic. I created an amazing system in my new house that has been pretty hard to um, stick to. So what are your strategies for that entry solution in terms of keys, mail? Yeah, I think especially having clients in New York, not everyone has a designated uh, entryway kind of area where they can put their their mail, their keys, their bags. A lot of times you're working with families who you enter and there's just the stroller and they have nowhere 
they have no room to put anything else. So I think it's about, it, it's two things, recognizing your space and also recognizing your personality. If you're someone who is a draper and likes to kind of leave trails in your, in your home, uh, for someone to, you know, hopefully find you if something were to happen, then forcing yourself to drop everything off at one place as soon as you enter may be hard for you. So it's about accepting, you know, what your natural habits are. So if the natural habit is to, you know, put your keys on a hook right when you enter, but take your mail and just drop it off on the counter, maybe it's getting, you know, something on the wall next to the counter in the kitchen to hold all that mail so that at least the counter is is clutter-free. Or, you know, getting shelving, getting shoe bins um, where you can put all the shoes away. Uh, I think accepting that maybe it can be messy, but having the solutions there to help you when you are, you know, have the time to tidy up. So you had mentioned that some people are drapers. Do you have names for different personality types? (laughs) If so, what are the other ones? (laughs) Um, You know, I think I use draper a lot, especially with a lot of my clients' husbands. Um, I think that one comes up the most. Because I'm thinking of some specific names. Like, I am a hanger. Mm-hmm. Like, or I guess that's not the word. I've never used these names for people, so I'm just making up. But I could never open a closet, ever. Like, even if I had an entry closet, I would never open it. I need a hook right outside the closet. Mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't use hanger. I should say anti-hanger because I will never use a hanger, like, ever. I don't even use a hanger for my clothes. Like, if I have to buy something that needs a hanger, I just won't get that dress. Because um, I know myself. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'm And I'm a piler. So I like piles rather than putting things away in files. Piler rather than filer. Is that a thing? (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So the anti-hanger, the piler, and the filer, the draper. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You're describing a lot of my clients. (laughs) And would you say uh, when you're meeting a client for the first time that you you witness all of this? I mean, when you walk into a space, um, have you ever met with a client where you think, oh, my goodness, like, they are extremely disorganized and something needs to happen way before we do any of the design elements. Definitely. You know, a large part of my job is saying, I don't want to bring anything new in here until we take care of what's old. Like, we need to find a place to put these magazines before I can even give you a table because it won't fit. Mm -hmm. So, especially in a small apartment, it's so easy to have organizational issues because... You don't have a lot of places to put things. So even if you do have that bone in your body that's saying, I sure wish I had a place for this because I would put it there, sometimes you just don't. So meeting people where they are and kind of helping them in their particular space is something that we do all the time. But, you know, as somebody who's a little bit messy myself, that's sort of what I lead with is that I totally understand your issues and here's how I've tackled mine. And actually, I've done a pretty good job. Uh, But the problem is getting the whole family to be on the same team. My husband is a little bit messy too. So when the two of us collide, uh, nobody is there to kind of keep us in check. So for instance, I have a a tray on top of my entry cabinet that's specifically designated for mail and it's currently overflowing. (laughs) And that's just a chronic issue. Uh, My husband said, you know, I'm going to take charge of the mail situation. It's going to be my domain. Oh, goodness. I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. (laughs) His domain is a little unruly. So, So I think we're just navigating these boundaries that I've created because 
if you're messy, it's hard to create rules that you'll follow. Mm -hmm. I also think that there's a misconception that messy means disorganized. I think especially with, you know, you have Marie Kondo, you have Pinterest, you have all of these movements and, and buzz right now about being so tidy and so organized that I, I think people really feel shamed when they are messy or when they, you know, have a a busy week and, you know, the kids' toys are everywhere and the dishes are overflowing. And I think I think it's important for people to recognize that, like, that's not a representation of who they are and, and that they failed. It's just that's life. And if you have the solutions in place and the organization in place from the get-go – tidying up, cleaning up, and and reorganizing will go so much faster and you'll get back to that place. But I do think that, especially right now, you have this kind of this trend of being Pinterest perfect um, when that's just not the reality. And I think what I try to uh, focus on with my clients is, you know, what's going to work for your life? What's going to work for your personality? Because if you can't maintain Pinterest perfect – then you're going to constantly feel like you're failing and you're going to feel like you wasted your time working with me. And so basically having those structures in place will help you get cleaner faster. And you had mentioned Marie Kondo. So Mm -hmm. I am interested as somebody who bought her book, got through halfway, which is basically how I implemented her system in my home, halfway, (laughs) which is not something you can do um, if you're strictly using her method. But my podcast producer, Catherine Heller, she used the Marie Kondo method and loves it. So tell me your thoughts and how you've seen it work for your clients. So I think it's interesting because obviously in my line of work, uh, people constantly ask me, you know, have you read that? And I even just finished their sentence. Yes, I've read the book. They don't even have to say the rest of the sentence. Um, For me, I think she has a lot of great points. I think there's a lot of holes. I think with any kind of like self-help book, it'd be the equivalent of, you know, you might buy DVDs or watch YouTube workout videos um, to try to lose weight, but it wouldn't be the same. Uh, you won't have the same dedication or probably the results if you were to hire a personal trainer and you have that person that's with you, is knowledgeable, and holds you accountable. I think it's the same thing. Uh, someone organizing and using this method uh, – if they're actually following the book, I think they get to the point where they can throw things away. But then when it comes to maintaining or even actually reorganizing it, I think that's where the book falls short. I also think the book falls short in terms of family. Uh, families. Hello. Be- <laughs> right? Well, because right? I have little people who are not following my rules. <laughs> I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but I love my label maker. Inside me is a little organizer screaming to get out. Uh, I love my label maker. So I labeled everything in my kids' playroom. Like everything was labeled. When we moved in, before they even entered the building, the Hmm. new home, I had everything labeled. I used different fonts for the playroom than I did for my office. Like I loved it. They get in there. They're playing. And then I tell them to put things away and they don't put anything back where it goes. And I'm like, what? Everything is labeled. I said, look here. I was even telling my son, I said, it says cars here. And then I forgot he cannot read. So I had everything impeccably labeled, and yet they're both illiterate. They're young, three and five. Yeah. Um, but there we go. So I feel like the family component was missing. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you see. Well, I think that's one thing. And also uh, the whole thing of if it doesn't spark joy, give it give it away. But you might have 
a four-year-old and then you might have a two-year-old and the two-year-old uh, or the four-year-old might not be using all these toys but they're perfectly suitable for the two-year-old so while it might not spark joy for the four-year-old it certainly will for the two-year-old when they're old enough so it's things like that that not everything has to be thrown away just because one person in your family uh, doesn't find it joyful so I think that's another area where you know I questioned uh, I, the mantra yeah, no, that's really interesting because there are things that spark joy for my husband that don't spark joy for me. So mm -hmm. I really think it's about the person who's doing the cleaning as well. It's very subjective. You know, I say to my clients, you know, your husband's mess looks a lot worse than your own because he knows what's in his mess. You don't. But the same thing can be said for your pile of clothes over there on, on the chair. To him, he's saying, you know, why don't you put your clothes away? But to you, you know, I just wore that and I'm going to, you know, wear it again this Friday to, with drinks with my girlfriends. Uh, so I think it's always, you know, no one else is in your head knowing why you made the decisions to put something a certain way. Yeah. Well, actually, my favorite organizational tip is one I just made up for myself. And it goes right to that the thing I want to wear Friday with my girlfriends. So I was organizing my dresser and of course I used my label maker and I labeled every drawer like shirts, dresses, bottoms, but then I also labeled one day to day because I found myself taking off my pajamas in the morning and leaving them right next to my bed. So now I have a drawer where I put those things. It like stays empty except for the things that I plan on wearing later, like those pajamas or that top that I'm going to wear with my girlfriends because I don't hang anything. So everything goes in that drawer that's kind of in limbo where I wore it. I'm going to wear it again. It's not quite ready to be washed. And that drawer has changed my experience. Yeah. I think that's amazing that you recognize this habit and behavior and you wanted to kind of improve it or put your own organizing spin on it and that's the solution you came up with. And it's it's great. It's not forcing you to hang stuff. Uh, it's not forcing you to appease your husband because maybe he doesn't like that you drape the stuff next to the bed. It's, I think, I applaud you. Well, I am loving it. I am loving my little my little drawer of limbo. I call it my day-to-day -day drawer if you're at home with your label maker wondering what to call it. So on this note, let's go to a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, I want to talk cord management because that is an issue. We'll be right back. Do you love learning about design? Do you wish you could take a deeper dive into the topics we discuss every week on my podcast? You can. I offer online design classes. Just head to the website bigdesignsmallbudget.com and you can check out my online classes there. I offer three different courses, one in feng shui, one in styling, and one that focuses on furniture selection, size, etc. Choose from those classes or take all three and get a copy of my book for free. Each class is $40 or get that combo pack with the book, three classes, and the book mailed to your home for $90. Mention promo code podcast to get 15% off your entire order. Check out my classes, learn more, empower yourself so that you can go shopping with confidence and design a space that looks uniquely you while having optimum flow. Check it out at bigdesignsmallbudget.com. Welcome back. As promised, let's chat about cords. Anna, they are the bane of my existence. Hmm. What can we do? Well, you can go the DIY route or you can kind of buy solutions, but 
My first instinct whenever you're dealing with a client who has cords that they either just need to wrap and put away in store or organize and, and clip together are binder clips. Um, mm-hmm. I use binder clips personally at home to take, you know, my iPhone charging wires that I'm not using currently that I might just, you know, as backup or use on vacation. Uh, you know, I'll wrap them and put the binder clip on so it stays wrapped and doesn't uncoil everywhere. Um, I do the same thing with, you know, um, wires behind a desk because binder clips are so strong and you, and they come in various sizes. So when in doubt, and it's something that many people already have in their household, binder clips. Hmm. Um, another thing is you can get power strips that are mountable. So, you know, if you have unruly wires behind a TV and typically we all have, uh, you know, power strips behind our TV unit for all the, the you know, plugins, um, or your desk, you can mount a power strip to the bottom or the back of the unit, and that takes care of all of the gross wires being on the floor. And then another thing is hiding them. So IKEA makes a great um, cable management box. Uh, it's got cork on the top, and uh, you can use it as a charging station even in your kitchen, and it hides all those wires. It hides the power strip, um, so it makes it look tidy and neat and organized and can even be uh, left in an entryway charging station uh, where you drop your keys off too. So it's multi-purpose. I will have to see that one to believe it. So I will put a link to that one. Do you know what it's called? It's some weird name that I can't pronounce, but uh, She'll get happy, the to link. <laughs> yeah, happy to link it. And we'll put it on our show notes page at bigdesignsmallbudgetpodcast.com. So speaking of favorite things, because I love to shop, love to shop. So now we're going to be buying that IKEA deal. I'm going to be buying binder clips, which I have not invested in since the 80s. (laughs) So that's good to know that they still have a purpose. Uh, So tell me, what are a few other things that are must-haves? Because after you told me about the expandable shoe rack on our last episode, I will say my world has transformed. Oh, nice. My husband and I each have several expandable shoe racks Mm -hmm. in our closet. I love those. Um, so I would say a few of mine, and so, and one is not so obvious, uh, I love shelf and or drawer dividers. So you say you have folded sweaters or jeans on the top shelf of your closet. Well, if you have various piles, let's all be realistic. Sometimes life gets hectic or you're putting laundry away and don't feel like taking the time to do it the right way and you just throw a sweater up or you take a sweater out and all the piles just kind of like form a big blob together. So shelf dividers keep each pile neat and tidy because it divides them. Um, so it's just plastic or acrylic, divides them, uh, hangs on the shelf. It's amazing. And the dividers just fit into drawers of your dresser and divide each pile. So everything stays nice and neat. Um, and then obviously bins, any type of bin I'm going to love. Um, you featured an amazing bin on your Facebook page. So if you're friends with Sorted by Anna, good for you. And if you're not, run, don't walk. This bin was so cute. So cute. Where did you get it? You did not answer when I I know, I need, I know that's Because I you knew do. I was going to be meeting with you today. Yeah, I was but saving it for this. tell me. Uh, container store. So pricey. It's a white bin with like this cute little wooden top. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing it can't hold. Yeah, and it comes in various sizes. But um, how much? How much? I think under 20. Okay. <laughs> I'm a $7 bin girl. 
But that then. Yeah. I mean, I think they are like function meets kind of design because they have the wooden top, which is really cute. So you can hide anything you want that's inside. Um, And it comes with its own little tabs if you wanted to put cute labels on it. Or as you probably saw in the photo, I used my label maker and labeled it with my own label. But yeah, they're super cute. Um, And then I would say two other things that I use personally and use with my clients constantly are apps. You know, people think organization can be, you know, in the physical world, but there's also things that help keep you organized even with all of our smartphones. So I love the to-do list app called Wonderlist. Hmm. Um, And it... Basically, you you put in your to-do. You can also share it with other people. So my boyfriend and I share the grocery list. And so if he's going to the grocery store and I can't go with him that time, I'll put in what I want and he checks it off as he goes. Uh, And you can even like put in a to-do list for him. So if I wanted him to vacuum, I would just be like, oh, there you go. It's in the wonder list. Um, And it's great because it sends you a text and an email. So you're double reminded um, it saves relationships, I promise. And then, I cannot imagine sending my husband a text through an app saying vacuum and it actually happening. I think I would get some kind of flavorful text back. Wow, Patrick, I am impressed. Yeah, I'm not going to say he actually does the vacuum one, but grocery list, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to give him too much credit. But um, And then the other one, you know, is – Scanning apps. So we all have, especially if you're a business owner, you have to keep receipts and certain documents, etc. That can really pile up. So what I like to do is use Scannable, which is an app through Evernote, um, but there are other ones out there. And it takes a photo. You can upload it to whatever um, drive you want if you have one. So Dropbox, Google, etc. And it helps, you know, just organize you and keep the paper and documents that you need. You can also use it for business cards because that's another thing that people tend to have an overwhelming amount of and don't want to get rid of. So I would say those are the ones that I personally use. I recommend to people constantly. Well, I was just raving about a scanning app yesterday to one of my clients who just, well, she just called in to inquire about services. And she's like, I just want to show you how crazy my floor plan is so you can see if you could even work with me because my place is so crazily laid out. And I was like, well, you could just send it to me. And she said, well, how about I fax it to you? And I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. Uh, I haven't had a fax machine since I don't know when. But I was like, do you have TinyScan? which is an app. She downloaded TinyScan within three minutes, sent me the floor plan. First of all, no floor plans too crazy for us. It was no problem. But second of all, TinyScan. But I'm wondering, yeah, TinyScan is so great. I love it. But maybe I should be looking at Scannable. Anyway, that's great. Well, I'm getting so much wonderful information from you and having so much fun talking to you. Let's just let's just put it that way, that I would love to continue because we're out of time for today. Yeah. But why don't we do a part two next week? Great. Sounds awesome. Perfect. So guys, if you want to learn more about getting organized, all of Anna's secret tips, head to sortedbyanna.com. Where else can we find you, Anna? You can also find me on Instagram. uh, And I post lots of little tips and beautiful images of organized spaces. uh, And that's just the handle, at Sorted by Anna. Quick and easy. Wonderful. Yeah, she has great before and after pictures. She has a blog. Would you call it a blog? 
Yeah, some of my, I guess, things I'm currently obsessed with. Oh, yes, it was obsessions. I'm sorry. I <laughs> forgot okay. what the subject heading was, but basically it's lots of great articles on wonderful organizational things. So that's great. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to check it out and talk with you more next week. Yeah. But also, guys, don't forget about our Facebook Live event happening at 4 o'clock this Thursday, really every Thursday at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So follow us on Facebook, Affordable Interior Design, and we'll be talking about lots of different things. Unfortunately, Anna won't be with me at that time, but uh, but hopefully we'll have lots of questions, including organization questions that I could maybe get answers from her and relay to you during our Facebook Live event. So guys, thank you so much for listening today. Thanks to our producer, Catherine Heller, Aton and the Embassy, our house band, and to Affordable Interior Design the premier place to get beautiful design on a budget. Until next week, bye. Walking the streets like a dog.